Today, I am super excited to be with a lovely friend. And when she was in Nice, she also did Reiki 1 and Reiki 2 with me. It was absolutely hilarious because she's done a major in psychology and I taught a group of psychologists, Reiki 1 and 2. She's now an international strategic creativity coach, entrepreneur, and author of The Wheel of Creativity, Taking Your Place in the Adventure of Life. I really, really resonate with that and love the name. And I actually promoted Catherine and Nice to a full house and everybody was hanging off her every word. So I'm really excited to be doing this video recording with her today, this podcast on Wellness Spring. So welcome to Wellness Spring. Thank you, Beverly. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. I know everybody was so excited in your talk and, you know, the buzz was around. And I believe, you know, everybody needs to be more happy and live in the moment and just go with the adventure of life. It's like Brian and I, we had the opportunity to leave France in the high numbers of COVID and in Australia and the last three months I've just literally been going with the flow. I asked the universe please guide me how can I be of service and amazing things happen you know and I said to my friend um, when I arrived Marcia I'm just going to go with the flow because I always lived in the eastern suburbs and I'm going to try out different suburbs and tomorrow we move into Woolwich, which is right on the water and the different side of the city. And I know you go with the flow. And do you want to tell the audience, because you're an international traveler like myself, where you grew up and, you know, how growing up in America shaped you and about your parents and any siblings? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I grew up in Houston, Texas. Um, I can talk with a real Southern accent if I, if I need to, but I worked really hard to lose that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's another story. But um, yes, I did. I grew up there and I lived there until I was about 18. I went away to Chicago to university, but um, I grew up with, with a mother who was a child psychiatrist and my father was kind of a self-made man, entrepreneur. And uh, I think it taught me, you know, growing up in Texas was a lot of things. It, it really, um, it's a kind of a box. And I think each of us grows up in a kind of a box uh, where we have a sense of what normal is. And it's comfortable and we will stay there as long as we can, kind of mentally, you know until often something happens and we have to think outside that box. Um, for me, traveling and where we met in Nice really opened the door to a whole, you know, it's like there's a whole world out there. And um, the experience of seeing, meeting people who thought differently than me, who grew up in different places and different, different normals than I did, um, really changed the course of my life. So. Uh, I am with you in following the flow. And the more that, that we do that in life, I think the more I have done that. 
the more I've learned to trust the process, you know, that there is something down this road that I can't see, but I can trust the road. And, uh, and the more I do that, the more confidence I think we have to live, live life. So, yeah. That's wonderful. And I know when we chatted earlier that you also said that you used Reiki before all your workshops and courses. And I know you've just um, run a workshop recently. Do you want to tell us all about that? Yes, I have a free training that I do once a quarter, though I'm doing a series of them right now, um, called the Visionista's Gateway. And it's interesting, as I was thinking today about our conversation, I was going back to that talk that I did in Nice so many years ago, which I, I had titled The Power of Longing. And, you know, I think that so often we identify something in life that we call a problem. You know, it's like something's wrong, something's missing. For me, the way I see it, that launches a creative process, a creative cycle. So the workshop that I do um, regularly, the Visionistas Gateway, is really to help people identify what their vision is, what their big vision project is, and also the habitual barriers that we all have um, that will kind of keep us from fulfilling that, keep us kind of doing the same things over and over again and um, not, not moving through, moving down the road of life that we are intended to. So I do that uh, once a quarter or a few times a quarter and uh, it's great. It's all virtual. I mean, we've all had to go virtual and, and so that's kind of the direction my work is taken to. Oh, fantastic. And what date is it? We'll put it in the blurb as well. Uh, I, yeah, I do it once a quarter, and right now I've got one scheduled for tomorrow, the 18th of March, the 25th of March, and the 1st of April. Those wow. are all leading, leading up to um, my 90-day program that I do uh, three times a year. Right. And can you tell, tell the audience how you can help them with their vision? Because I know loads of people come to me and they say to me oh it's all right for you you know your mission in life you know your goal in life you know your pathway but i haven't got a clue so what would you tell people when they say that well first i i would say you're not alone um and my heart goes out to you and there is something around the bend that you just can't see yet um, for me, it was really at the low point of my life. Um, I literally was staying in a friend's guest room um, when I started to, because I had made my living as a professional writer, and then I picked up, and this was in Chicago and then in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, I wrote and produced a documentary, TV and film. And in that work, we use um, a structure called the hero's journey. You know, we're all familiar with that now. Um, but I started to see that process, the stages that the hero goes through in a book or in a film or whatever. I started to see those in my life, like at a point when I was really low and I couldn't see, like there are those times you don't believe that there's anything beyond this. And, uh, and I began to examine and explore the stages um, of that journey 
in my life. I began to see it in the lives of my friends, people around me. And I started to um, create a system out of those stages and make uh, what, I, what I later came to call the Wheel of Creativity, which is really a map of the creative process. It's a map of the creative cycle that we all go through in, in whatever is next. You know, I, I like to say we take the raw material of our lives, that the circumstances, whatever it is that's going on for us, and we craft with that, we work with that to create what is next for us. And a lot of us, I think, feel, especially lately, you know, with the pandemic, it's, you just feel your life is not in your control. Um, but we all have power, and you know this really well, Beverly, we all have power over how we respond and what we do do with that. Um, so the wheel of creativity is a compass or it's a, a framework that people can use to navigate that process. And it's the foundation of all the work that I do. Oh, that's wonderful. And would you like to tell people about your book? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of an interesting story, actually, because yeah. from that low point, that was in 2003. Mm. Um, I and I began to, you know, put this, these ideas together in, a, in this framework, in this cycle. Uh, at, originally, it was seven stations, I thought. And then over time, it got more and more specific until there were 12. And then one day back in Nice, I was actually sort of in the middle of my meditation time. And I just saw, wow, it's a wheel you know, because it's a cycle that repeats many times in our lives. And um, so I began the process, you know, and people say, how do you fit that in, you know, how do I fit my project into my life? And so I, I got up every day, the first hour of the day, I sat down, I sat on my balcony in my apartment in Nice in the sun. And I wrote about that. I wrote that book that way. And uh, I ended up publishing it myself in 2012. And then at that point I began to develop workshops and programs based on the material in the book to help people really use it and apply it to their lives. So it's been, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> and I know you've been writing for about 30 years and you're an award-winning writer. So how yeah. did you get into writing what inspired you you know mm. was it something you were passionate about since you were a child yeah you know i was always i think uh multi-creative so i loved to dance and and take photographs and do music and and i loved to write and um i ended up with a mother as a psychiatrist, I had, there was a strong influence there, but I ended up studying psychology at university and getting my degree in that. Um, and then going ahead and doing master's work in communications as well. So when I finished all the education, I was like, well, which track do I take? And, and I realized that I don't want, I didn't want to just, you know, sit and listen to people's, I didn't want to be a therapist, you know? Yeah. Um, because the creative path has always been uh, a core of who I am. And so I started to look at what I could do that would blend the two things. 
And that was when I, when I went into um, broadcasting and started working in television and film. And, uh, you know, it just developed over the years. I, my first freelance project was a, was a really big project for a big corporation. And I just fell in love with it. And I, you know, I, I continued to work in corporate for a while and then began to move into um, non-corporate documentary. And then as I have done many times in my life, I picked up, you know, really on an intuition and moved up from Chicago to Los Angeles with no intention of working in television out there. I just knew I needed to go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a lot of things happened. My car was stolen, you know, a lot of things that, <laughs> uh, that just kind of forced me into a bit of a corner. And then in that corner, I thought, well, I'll just see what's available here. And I started, I got my first job in TV in Los Angeles and uh, started working there. And over time, you know, the, the accolades came and, and, and it's been, it's been quite a journey. I'm really grateful. Even though, of course, you know, there were times when I thought, I don't want to be working on this kind of show. You know, we all go through those Mm. periods where it's like, this doesn't fit anymore and it's worn out and I need to move on, but I don't know where to go yet. So I think that was where I began to see that you just kind of have to take the wheel and trust the process and, and go from there. That's fantastic. And I know you're like the creative goddess in Nice. So <laughs> can you tell the audience what you, you would define or your philosophy around creativity is? Mm. Oh, thank you. That's a great question. <laughs> um, I think, sorry, Beverly. No, go ahead. No, okay. I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting. <laughs> I have an answer. Um, So I think for many, many millennia, people have associated creativity with art, of course. But when we equate it with art, it gives us permission to, first of all, assume I'm not creative. Secondly, compare ourselves to other people and say, oh, well, that person is really creative in the standard sense of creativity, so I'm not. And then to censor what comes out of us, the ideas that we have, you know, we, we compare and we censor them. Um, I see it differently. I, I really believe that creativity is the greatest natural resource that we have in the world today. It is the solution to every single one of the world's problems. Every human being has direct access to that resource. And yet so many of us are leaving it in the ground because of these, because we assume, because we compare, because we censor. And, you know, to me, creativity is life. It is the force of life that flows through every one of us. You could say it is Reiki energy. And, you know, it is, it is what we are all here to bring just to simply stand and say, this is what I see. This is what I long for. This is the problem I want to solve and, and trust that process and then go through the cycle to bring that into the world. And the world needs us all to take that place and do that. But, uh, you know, we have a lot of, it's scary, you know, it's a risk, especially the more you want something, the more it comes from your heart, 
the more of a risk it can feel like. So I believe we really need um, support to go through that process. Whether you're a scientist or an artist or a business person, there is something you're here to bring into the world. Yes, I totally agree. We, we all have a mission. We all have a purpose and we're all important, you know, and, um, you know, there's so many top people will say like the Dalai Lama, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you do, whether it's sweeping the streets, picking up garbage or top CEO, if you focus on what you're doing and become the best of what you're doing, that will bring you so much satisfaction. And when you're satisfied, you're happy, and then that energy flows around, you know. And I, I think personally, you know, during the first lockdown, the pandemic in Nice, there were so many people going in a state of panic, you know, because they're not used to having free time. They, we're all masters of keeping busy 24 seven. And we don't connect with the love inside. We don't connect with the mother nature. We don't allow our life force to flow. So I, you know, people were bringing me panic in and a lot of people are not used to spending time with their spouse because one or the other or both are working. And then if you had children onto the factor as well, a lot of people were bringing me, you know, from all backgrounds. So in the end, I started up some wellness circles on Zoom to reassure people, mm. look, you're not on your own. We're all going through this and make fun, you know, make a program, do things together, all have your little chores and, you know, stand on the balcony at eight o'clock and clap, connect with your neighbors and whatever you're doing. But connect and communicate and make everything fun. And um, for the ones who had lost their jobs, I had to say to them, well, think outside the box. Now it's the time. You don't have to choose a profession to please someone. You can mm -hmm. do something you truly love. So I know you put people on their pathways in this. So I'm sure you've got millions of success stories, but would you like to share one obviously we're not given their names so people can understand your process and the work and because i think it's you hit on the word support and we all need support and we could be you know the top ceo or top business entrepreneur but something could happen in our life and everything is we're shattered like you talked about your down moment but mm. I think it's nice if people don't think that low so that they can learn tools to be prepared on their journey. And I know you have so many tools to help people like that. So if you yeah. could explain, that would be great. You know, I think that um, there are many levels of change in our lives and we can we can be at any point, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, get to a point where it's just like, this doesn't fit anymore. It's like, I need to take off this coat to feel free to step into what's next in my life. And we wear the roles in our lives like these coats, and sometimes they just need to come off. But it's scary to do that. It's a risk. Mm. Um, so I always say that the creative process, if you look at the wheel of creativity, 
starts at the place at the bottom that I call home. And home is our comfort zone. It's the status quo in our lives. It's where everything is known and comfortable and familiar and predictable. And it's really great place to be until one day it's not. You know, maybe you lose your job, maybe your partner files for divorce, maybe we have a global pandemic and it kicks you out of your comfort zone, but it also kicks you into a creative cycle. And so the, the task at that point is simply to tell yourself the truth, that this doesn't fit anymore, and then to pay attention. And, you know, over time, you know, I think the practice of mindfulness is really useful. You mentioned space, you know, making space in our lives so that we, so that something else can come in. We yeah. are, we are addicted to busyness as it's just, I call it the productivity cult, you know, yeah, that's um, a good thing. and, and there is another muscle in creativity, which is receptivity. So as we can learn to do that, the, that longing becomes louder <laughs> to where we can hear it. Um, you asked uh, people for some ideas or some thoughts of people that I've worked with, you know, it's been everything from uh, a, a top uh, billboard charting jazz musician that I've worked with, who, you know, he's every time you want to take another step and do what you haven't done before, maybe you've made three CDs, but you've never performed on stage. Yeah. You know, it, it's a risk. And there is a cycle, there's a process to go through in that. Um, and then at the other end of the spectrum, uh, I had a, a friend or a woman who came to me at the age of 51 and she wanted to have a baby and she hadn't met the man to do that with. And she, her friends could not, you know, they, she just couldn't turn to them because it was too emotionally charged for them. And so we worked together privately um, to help her go through that process. And she now has like a, this beautiful six-year-old daughter. Wow. Um, so it's a full range, you know, and then I also have people that I work with who are, um, you know, a woman in Silicon Valley who's a serial entrepreneur who's developing a decision-making software program. And so she uses some of my programs to help her get that work done and stay focused and so, you know, there is no need to hit bottom if we can be honest with ourselves and say, I, it's time. I need to go through a new cycle for something new in my life. Yeah. It's, I, think, I, I think, carry on. I think we go through many, many of those cycles in a lifetime and they can last five minutes or they can, they can take decades um, and kind of how long they take, we have some control over if we're, if we're willing to say yeah. that's, that's what I long for, you know? Yeah. I also think it's um, being consciously aware of what we need, that a change is needed because we do, some of us are so busy working and it might be for business that we think, oh, I'll just keep going. And we might be doing 12, 16 hour days and, we don't even take the time to look at the accounts and evaluate and how much time and effort I'm putting in, but we just don't want to let go. And it could be with a relationship that's really bad. We don't want to let go. 
Um, this morning I was looking at your quiz on um, your website and I think that's a really good, uh, you asked some really good questions on that, you know, about mm. are you hanging on and different ways. So uh, would you like to tell us a bit about the quiz or why people should take it? Well, I think it's a really easy, I wanted to do something because I have a lot of free things that I, you know, from from infographics to daily centering meditations and many ways that people can make space and, and explore what's inside them. But I wanted something that people could do in like five minutes and just, uh, you know, just get some clarity. And so the quiz actually helps you come to know, are you ready? Are you waiting? You know, are you just kind of stuck and it's okay to be there? And, uh, or are you curious? Like what could be next for me? So I won't spoil it by giving the question because <laughs> it is really easy to take, but, yeah. um, it, but and it, then I also offers offer people a little bit of guidance, depending on which answer they get of what to do next for themselves. Yeah, it, it was fun. I enjoyed Good. doing it and it was quick and easy to do. So for the listeners, it's just like, are you this or do you feel like that? And fill it out and it doesn't take long at all. And just do it. That would be my advice. And would you like to tell the listeners how people can find more about you? Sure, absolutely. Um, so the easiest way is to go to my website, which is katherinerobertson.com, and that's Catherine with a K. I'm yeah. sure uh, you'll post the link somewhere. And I will. There, there that gives, um, gives them access really to whatever, you know, all the different places they can go. There's an, I have another website, wheelofcreativity.com. And um, if they're interested in, in finding out about the free training, it's visionistasgateway.com. So those are, you know, it's, there's information there. There's the quiz. There's information about my book, um, the free training, the program, the 90-day program that I do. And I'm really happy, Beverly, for anybody who's watching this program to offer them a kind of a free strategy session, uh, just a Zoom, Zoom call. Uh, wow. to, yeah, I mean, it's, it's for, for your people. I'd love to do that. Oh, that's so generous. That's really kind. And what would be involved in that? So they contact you and it's a 30 minute and you have a system in process to. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I go very intuitively as I know you do. Yeah. Um, and what I think makes sense is for people to take the quiz and, you know, see what, what kind of a score they get there or to come to do my training. Um, yeah. And in the form that people fill out to uh, schedule the call, it's 30 to 45 minutes. So yeah. um, there's a little place where they can, you know, tell me why they're, why they want to um, speak with me. And it's just an opportunity. I'm, I'm really happy to do that. Oh, that's wonderful. And um, I know you're so generous and I'm sure if people watch it from a year from now, they would still be able to contact you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And 
I, I just want to um, talk about the writing because, as you know, I've done psychiatric nursing as well and general nursing. And just from a small child, I was able to meditate and tell people little stories. My mother said, I used to always have children around me and I'd be telling a story and they'd all be fascinated. So to me, meditation, when you give a guided, is just about telling a little story. So people can close down and switch off. And I've always loved writing and that was my way of studying, just writing, 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 repeating, writing. And I do it with affirmations and everything. And for years I've actually taught transformational writing because mm -hmm. I think that's the way to let go of everything. What, what is your take on that? Have you ever done transformational writing? Because I find it so powerful and a fantastic tool, you know, that you can do by yourself. And then if too much stuff comes up, they can contact people like me or yourself. Yes, absolutely. I totally believe in that. I, if you could see the top shelf, <laughs> it, is, it is covered with 80 journals. I have been keeping a journal since I was 18 years old. And, wow. uh, you know, sometimes I do, you know, the morning pages. I'm sure people have heard of those. You know, you write like three pages. And sometimes I go days or weeks without writing. But it is a, a hugely transformative um, process to take what is in here, which is not even clearly formulated at all and probably very messy a lot of the time and just see what comes out. I would love to hear what, um, what, what uh, you teach, what transformational writing is from your point of view. Yeah, I, I think I get people, I start with a meditation to calm their minds and let go. And then I give them a theme, it could be your first day at school or I try and start with something happy you know mm -hmm. what was a happy moment or if you can't remember a happy moment think of somebody who makes you laugh or something because if you do write about happiness you know mm -hmm. and I say to them if you don't think about it don't um don't try and edit it and let your logic mm -hmm. just write and write and write don't worry about the grammar and if you go off on another trajectory, so be it. Just right. let whatever comes out and we do it, you know, we start with time and it could be five minutes. And, you know, if you can't think of anything, say, right, I'm sitting on my chair looking out the window, it's raining, it's bleak, it's <laughs> this or that or the other, just so they've got something to write about and then see. But over the years, I've just found it amazing. A lot of people have discovered or dug up so much um, childhood hurts that they've blocked or family secrets even, you know, and it just unravels things on a light, light way, rather than doing years and years of therapy, you know, you can write your way out of your own hurts and pain and shame and blame and, you know, it's just so powerful and people, you know, end up in tears or other people are laughing and because we all have different responses, you know. So those are the baby steps that I start with. And then obviously we go more deeper and deeper and deeper. But 
just to start with any journals, you know, I, as, as you know, with the Reiki, we do a dream journal and then we write what's happening in our life because the first 21 days we detoxin and letting go. So it's good to keep a journal and then you can have journals for all different types of things that you're working on. So that's yeah. how I get people writing. That's great. That's yeah. great. I love that. It's, uh, it's interesting because we have a similar process in that every single training that I do, including the free training, um, there is a guided meditation and then there's a reflection exercise of writing because I think we ha when, we, when we can make space and go into our inner world, we can discover so many things that you can never discover in that focused way, mental, I have to solve this problem. You just have to step back, make space, step into that space, and then something comes. And it's very important and powerful to have a means for capturing what comes because yeah. it's coming straight from your, your deep, what I call your innermost essence. So yeah, that's, and that's I, right. And for the listeners, I always write with a pen and paper because mm -hmm. research scientists have proven that you can delve in 10,000 times more deeper to your mm -hmm. subconscious than you can when you type in. So mm -hmm. it's nice to delve in deep. And yeah. yeah, and this is where it all is. And I believe that we're one with Mother Earth and we're all connected. And um, I just want to know, because Mother Earth, when I thought it was really great on the first lockdown, because Mother Earth had time to breathe, there was less toxins. And I did sail for a month in June from Nice to Corsica and around the islands. And it's the first time in my experience that I've noticed the water so clean and I haven't been able to swim in the sea since I got to Nice because I get bitten or stung, I should say, by jellyfish. And mm. it's only, it's happening to me all the time in various places in Europe. And this mm. was the first summer that I didn't see any jellyfish and there was hardly any pollution. There was less rubbish, you know. Mm. So I think Mother Earth managed to heal. But I now think people have stepped back, the ones who are not on lockdown, stepped back into their busyness and mm. pollution and disrespect for Mother Earth. So I'd like to know um, from your take, if there was one thing you could do to change the world, what would that be? Mm. So many choices. <laughs> um, I think the thing I would do, Beverly, and I feel emotional with this, is that I would ensure that every child ha has, you know that look that children have in their eyes, that look of wonder, yeah. where everything is possible, where I'm powerful and I can do things in the world, I would, I would have that never go away. I would have whatever it is that child needs to, to not start that process of comparing themselves and censoring themselves, um, but to continue that path. I know this is a completely idealistic and unrealistic 
vision, but I'm doing what I can. <laughs> Thank you. No, I got goosebumps when you said it, and I don't think it's unrealistic because there's so many schools. There's one in New Zealand, and the children mm -hmm. who go to this school, it's for conscious awareness children. They go there for retreats, and they could mm -hmm. be as young as three and four, and they're all meditating. They go there to learn to respect one another regardless of color or race or background you know whether you're poor or rich they go there and they learn how to connect with mother earth and the importance that mother earth is providing us uh, with all our needs she's nourishing us you know she provides us with all our food and you know the importance of connecting with the trees with the apples and absolutely everything so and i've noticed since i've been in australia there's so many spiritually evolved young people and it's mm. amazing and i was talking to a colleague yesterday and she said it's because we've done all the hard yakka and the young ones coming through it's like we've set the blueprint and they are raised already and they can rise above it and share their amazing words of wisdom you know that we all have inside but we we keep them blocked and this is carrying on from what you're saying they are living in the moment so when you have that sense of wonder with the child in the first years as you know you know, you turn on a light switch, wow, magic light. You put the tap, <laughs> magic. You know, and we do the crawling, walking, et cetera. Everything is magic and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the way of the, the world to go forward through our children and their children, because just see, and for us to see the world as a child, it's remarkable mm -hmm. to have that innocence, you know, no worries, no care, no things. And I, mm -hmm. I feel blessed that Brian and I have been able to travel, you know, when all of France has been in heavy curfews and lockdowns at weekends and just mm -hmm. to be free and not care where we're going. And like you listen to your intuition. Oh, we're in Brisbane. Oh, we're going to Melbourne. Oh, now we're going to Sydney. You know, where are we going to live? Do universe, where should we live? You know, how can I be of service and just see where we end up? So, yeah. yeah. So that's carry on. It's beautiful. It's um, when I left Chicago and went to Los Angeles, just because I had this intuitive call. Um, Things, a lot of things happened. The first week I was there, my car was broken into. And then, but then a friend found me a home. Uh, she'd been an actress out there. And then my car was stolen. And, and then, and then I found the job literally two weeks, two, two blocks away from where I was living. And in LA, that's completely impossible. Miracles happened, but there was even when those difficult things were happening, I just had this sense because I had followed my own intuition. I, it was like I was being carried by the hand of God. And yeah. I just felt nothing can touch me here. No matter what happens, I'm safe and I'm where I need to be. And there is nothing like that feeling in the world, but it takes some time, you know, to rebuild the trust that we lose 
going going from childhood to adulthood. Um, and we, maybe we don't have to lose it anymore. I agree with you. I mean, I work with people from 25 to 80. Wow. And uh, the young people, they have, you know, they still have that possibility in their eyes and they're willing to fight. They're willing to fight for their values. And thank God, because we, we need them. We need to be able to hand the world into their hands. So That's we're, we're, we're evolving. <laughs> exactly. And I think with COVID, whether people realize it or not, a big shift has happened and whether it's subtle, but together, because we all have to move together. And I think everybody is important and the young people are so confident and courageous. You know, they're inspiring all of us to, to move together and to make our world a better place to live in. So, so thank you, thank you. Yeah, carry on. I was just gonna thank you for all the wonderful work that you're doing. And um, I know we can keep talking for hours and maybe we'll have to do a follow-up podcast because I know you, you, you're like an encyclopedia. You've got so much um, to share with the world and the work that you do is amazing. Well, I, have, and I have a lot of years now of life experience to draw. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you going to say and then we'll close. Yeah. Just, just the final thought, Beverly. The, uh, for me, um, I see, you know, I mentioned creativity is life and the force of life. And I don't think human beings are any better or worse than the trees or the animals or the, the stones. Um, we all bring life energy into the world. And we do have a responsibility to use the gifts that we've been given um, to contribute to the whole, um, the whole expression that life is seeking through us, through the animals, through everything. Uh, I think we've gotten ourselves into trouble by believing that we are here to dominate uh, this this earth and all the planets that we're now, you know, about to yeah. colonize. Um, and I think we just need to, to remember that we have a part, we are a part of nature uh, and we are, we are also subject to it. Um, yes. So, yeah, we're so all, I know we yeah. on that. <laughs> we, we're all an important part in the cog of the wheel and you know, we just have to respect, like I'm a sailor, so you yeah. you have to respect the elements. And, mm -hmm. and like you're saying, if every so often people talk about wheels, you know, I went for a walk um, in Northern Beaches and we came to the quarantine station and there mm -hmm. are all the people buried very young, you know, that had um, the plague. So that was about a hundred years ago and everybody talks about various cycles. So I, I find, well, it's only my personal interpretation, you know, if um, the humans are getting out of line too much, then something happens for us all to wake up. Mm -hmm. So yes. 
this is a wake up for all of us and it's so important that we use this opportunity now to really look within and lead the life that we're born to lead as you just said yeah yeah have the courage you know it takes courage yeah. so yeah we're all thank you beverly such thank a pleasure you. to talk with you today yes and you yeah i was just one thing to the listeners we are here to lead a happy purposeful meaningful life and if you're not happy contact catherine so thank you thank oh. you thank you many blessings to you <laughs> thank you